Welcome to the Managing Modern Government course. This course looks at managing government through the lens of various organizational forms and managerial approaches. It will explore the intricacies of government partnerships with notable attention to private enterprise and civil society relationships. Finally, the course will critically analyze the role and behavior of micro-level actors embedded in government, such as the professional, ethnic minorities, and women. Modern literature and organizations has two ancestries. The first is a school of thought that revolves around Everett Hughes, the Hughesian approach. Hughesian studies of work revolve around field study, ecological institutionalism, which emphasize the professional and social psychological uh, sort of focus concerning job satisfaction. The Hughesian tradition relates ambiguously to other lines of inquiry into the work and industrial approach. Effectively, the Hughesians are studying the interaction of people within industry. So there's like a boss subordinate sort of relationship, interdepartmental sort of relationship, and management union relations. And on a more of a macro level scale, it, it looks at the study of the impact of industrialization on society at large. The second sort of approach is the industrial approach. And this really conceives work um, as, as deriving from human resources sort of management. So in this sort of kind of conception, it asks questions about how employers can maximize and develop their human resources. In addition, it may study the behavior of the people working in the organization in order to improve the productivity of the organization. The industrial approach has been heavily influenced by labor process theory. In 1974, Harry Braveman uh, worked looked at uh, labor and monopoly capital uh, and he looked at this idea where he where the capitalist organization was exploitive and alienating and therefore the workers had to be coerced into servitude so for Braveman, the the pursuit of capitalist interests over time ultimately led to de-skilling and retinization of the worker since the capitalists sought to lower production costs and ensure higher productivity T-scale labor is cheap, and above all, it's easy to control due to the worker's lack of direct engagement. In turn, work becomes intellectually or, un or emotionally unfulfilling. Uh, the lack of this sort of reliance on, on human skill reduces the need of employers to reward workers in anything but a minimum economic way. So, there are methods that differ between the industrial approach and the Hughesian traditions. Hughesians saw the industrial approach as applied, as a sort of an applied method, so to speak. The industrial approach was also closer to the organizations and bureaucracy literatures, always somewhat prescriptive and gradually moving into applied settings. At the most simplistic level, the concept of an organization is in reference to associations, institutions, or other groups with a specific purpose. Of course, if it was that simple, we would not need this lecture series. Organizational theorists are not unified in their approach to or understanding of organizations. An organization is something more. 
The word organization implies that there is a holistic sort of system that members of this system are in some way committed or obligated to it, and that the system is arranged according to some kind of designated design or structure. It is through this structure that theorists hope to influence organizations, either by attempting to mold them with ideas or to, de or to deconstruct them uh, to expose weaknesses. An organization is a planned, coordinated, and purposeful action of human beings at the group level. This action is usually mediated by formal membership and institutional rules. From an institutional perspective, an organization is a permanent arrangement of actions determined by rules so that a certain task can be fulfilled through a system of, of a coordinated vision of labor. We can Disaggregate an organization into three parts. is communication, autonomy, and rules of action. What we mean by communication is what elements communicate and how do they communicate? What we mean by autonomy here is, is what changes are, ex are executed autonomously by the organization or its elements. And how we understand the rules of action is by looking at what causes an organization to act as a collective actor. In sum, an organization is a system for mobilizing and coordinating the efforts of various typically specialized groups in the pursuit of joint objectives. Although an organization could exist without the individuals who compose its membership, it has characteristics that do not pertain to characteristics of its individual members. So for instance, it has size, to name the most obvious example. Complexity theory has been used to understand the modern organization. Broadly speaking, complexity theory is used to understand how organizations or, um, or institutions such as government adapt to their environment. The theory treats organizations and institutions as collections of strategies and structures. When the organization or institution shares the properties of other complex adaptive systems, which is often defined as consisting of a small number of relatively simple and partially connected structures, they are more likely to adapt to their environment and thus survive. From this viewpoint, this segmentation indicates that the organization is undertaking a whole concerted task, which divided into smaller tasks. We can understand this by looking at the degree of structure. Prior experimental and field studies indicated that an important attribute of any subsystem that could be expected to be related to its relevant environment was its degree of formalized structure. Structure here refers to those aspects of behavior in organizations and institutions subject to pre-existing programs and controls. Groups working on relatively simple and certain tasks tend to perform the tasks better when the groups had more structure. Whereas groups working on uncertain, more complex tasks tend to perform better with less structured communication nets. Organizations that were profitably coping with uncertain, changing environments had a low degree of formalized structure instead of the higher degree of structure associated with uh, success in more certain environments.
Another way we can segment the organization is looking at members' orientation. Um, notably, the orientation of members towards others. This is a cognitive and effective orientation toward the objects of work, which is manifested in a person's interpersonal style. The objects can either be people or inanimate tools and instruments, and the concern of members with them tend to polarize along a task social dimension. Subsystem members in their interpersonal relationships will be primarily concerned with either task accomplishment or with social relationships. In studies of group effectiveness, they have found that task-oriented leadership associated with effective task performance under the extreme conditions of high and low task certainty. While more socially oriented styles were associated with effective performance under conditions of moderate uncertainty. Another way we can segment the organization is looking at the time orientation. Generally speaking, there are three indicators of certainty. We can look at the rate of change of conditions over time in the sub-environment. Another indicator of certainty is looking at the certainty of information about conditions in the sub-environment at any particular time. The third and final indicator of certainty is looking at the modal time span of definitive feedback from the sub-environment on the results of subsystem behavior. It was predicted that structure and interpersonal orientation would be related to all three environmental indicators. While the member's time orientation would be related to the time span of the definitive feedback. For example, a production subsystem that received feedback about its efforts on an almost daily basis could be expected to have members with a short-term orientation. Whereas a research unit coping with a sub-environment where feedback might only occur on the completion of a project lasting well over a year would be apt to have members with a more long-term orientation. The fourth way to segment the organization is looking at the goal orientation of members. When examining groups that have difficulties in achieving collaboration, there are often differences in assumptions between the groups. In fact, there's a sort of relationship between the degree to which members of two groups share norms, values, and or subordinate goals, and the ability of the two groups to cooperate. More precisely, differences in goals and in perceptions of reality could be a condition for intergroup conflict. When it comes to working in modern government, we must realize that work is socially constructed and reconstructed. This implies that much of what we take for granted as inevitable, or technically required, or economically determined, should be subjected to the most vigorous of critiques. If work is socially constructed, then it is contingent and requires perceptual action by agents for its reproduction. Relatedly, whereas it is common to differentiate the moral economy um, of the pre-capitalist period from the market economy that displaced it, we will argue that the moral and social aspects of work are still essential components. To believe that contemporary employment is configured and constrained only by appeals to the rationality of market forces is to misconstrue the nature of work. If workers see uh, pay rises in line with inflation rather than company profitability, or decry the disproportionate but performance-related increase of directors' salaries, 
then the market model can explain these only by asserting the irrationality of such workers. But if we retain the notion of work as a social and moral sphere, as well as a market sphere, then workers' actions become not irrational, but rational from a different viewpoint. This does not mean morality displaces market rationality, and it would perhaps be more appropriate to consider the two as resources which different groups draw on to legitimate their particular campaign to specific locations in space and time. This concludes our introductory lecture looking at the concept of the organization. As our lecture series continues, we will be looking at various managerial approaches to understanding uh, modern government. Uh, next lecture, we'll be looking at bureaucracy. This will be followed by scientific management, human relations school, the institutional school, and organizational ecology. We will move away from these types of managerial approaches to looking at uh, how to conceptualize power and partnerships within government. How do governments engage with private enterprises? How do they engage fruitfully with non-governmental organizations? We will be looking at this idea of the innovative policymaker, and then we will turn our attention to the micro-level actors who populate government. For instance, the professional, the ethnic minority, and women. Finally, we will look at future prospects as governments in, uh, sort of enhance themselves and learn from each other.